Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast and our one-year anniversary show. For this show, I'm going to introduce you to our team at CCP. I have a great group of people making this show happen, and I couldn't have done it without them. So enjoy this episode, if you can believe it's episode 198. And thank you for making this podcast such a success, and I look forward to serving you for another year. I first want to introduce Kristen Petrie. Many of you know her from episode... 99 on the CCP, but I truly wouldn't be able to have this website and podcast without her help. So Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Stacey. So for our listeners, would you be willing to tell us what exactly you do in order to make the CCP happen? Yes. I like to think of myself as the chief file mover. (laughs) I help organize the podcast production and I manage the website. And what have your highlights been over the last year working on the Community Cats podcast? I have to say I love listening to the show, which you'd think maybe I'd be tired of it at this point, and I'm really not. Every guest you've had has been just insightful and interesting, and there's such a broad range of talents that they have and information that they can bring to everybody who's doing any kind of animal rescue. I mean, I know that we're the Community Cats podcast, but there's so much in there that applies to, you know, board development and marketing and photography and just all kinds of things. And I've just found that incredibly interesting. And I think I'm a better cat rescuer for it. So <laughs> yeah, that's good to know. It's good to know yeah. that you feel like you've, you've learned and you're able to apply some of the stuff. Absolutely. And I have to ask you, and this will be hopefully, I hopefully won't hear anything new, but <laughs> what are your greatest challenges? I would say it's just the sheer amount of work that goes into this. I know that people download it and they just hear a show and it's a half an hour of of an interview, but there's a lot of stuff that goes into it from everybody on the team. A lot of it's outside of the actual recording and publication of the podcast. It's moving into promoting the podcast and booking guests and editing the podcast itself and getting things up on the website. And you've been doing webinars, which have been fascinating and So many resources are also available via the website and things that it takes a lot of time to create that content and to get it up there and get it presentable. So I think that's probably the biggest challenge. It's a lot of work to put on a podcast, especially three days a week. (laughs) (laughs) And it was five days a week. So Right. So if it hadn't changed to three days a week, we might not be here talking about it. We all would have spontaneously combusted, I think. (laughs) So, well, and three days a week is amazing from my perspective that I'm able to find new and interesting stuff, folks to interview every week. It is amazing. I never had any sense of how much was going on around the world and within the United States with regards to community cats and different programs. Oh, yeah. Actually, one of the ones that I really liked was, um, and I've forgotten the woman's name, unfortunately, but she was talking about doing international cat work. Emma Clifford. That was Emma Clifford. Animal Balance. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And she was talking about Island and the rescue that work that they do there. And it's been really interesting to see what people are doing in other countries because I feel like that's something we don't get. I'm in New England, so I think a lot about New England. And then you hear somebody mention something about wild dogs in Arizona, and it's something that you never would think of. (laughs) So (laughs) I think that's been 
really, really interesting to hear what else goes on and how they do it, because it's a completely different set of circumstances if you move just 100 miles away. So Kristen, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? I think that they should keep listening. (laughs) I think that the next year is going to be amazing. So I'm excited with the progress that we've made and to be a part of this. And I think that it's doing a lot of good for the rescue community and networking people, bringing them together and getting them new ideas so that we all could be on the same page and work to be our best to help the community get. Excellent. Kristen, well, happy one year anniversary. And Thank you so much. I would not have been able to do this. Little did we know what we were getting ourselves into I know, like right? last February, meaning like a year and a couple of months ago, 14, 15 months ago, saying, hey, I'm thinking about a podcast. And, and you were like, totally cool, you know? <laughs> well, I've been dying for something like this to exist for a long time. I think I had started talking about it with MRFRS years and years and years ago, and there's just never been time or bandwidth to handle it. So it's great that you've gotten a team together and you're doing this and pursuing this with all of your connections because it's great. So the folks that are interested in finding out more about Kristen's work and what she's been doing with us and what she's done for other organizations... Feel free to tune in to her show, which is episode number 99, and you go to the communitycatspodcast.com. You can go in the search bar and just search 99 or Kristen Petrie, and her show will pop right up. Kristen, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Next, I'd like to introduce Jamie Hovey. Jamie, could you share with us what you do for the Community Cats podcast? I mainly do social media. I also work on creating our blogs to make sure that they are all doing well on the website. I work on the emails that get sent out every Monday and also try to work on some analytics just to kind of make sure the ship is steered in the right direction and we're staying on top of things and creating the calendars that we need to keep track of. Yes, you keep us all on course and make sure that we get everything in on time and up and ready so that we're not running around like chickens with their heads cut off at the last minute. Something like that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what have your highlights been over this past year working on the Community Cats podcast? I would say that the main highlight has just been learning more about Community Cats. When I took this position, besides just having a cat as a pet, I really did not know a lot about the community cat world. So it's really kind of enlightened me on how much of an issue it can be and just the sorts of things that community cat programs and groups really strive to accomplish. Are there any challenges that you've had over the last year? New things that you've learned? Yeah, I don't think there's been any challenges per se with the job. One of the things is probably more heart-related rather than an actual challenge. I think it's just, it's hard to hear sometimes about how poorly cats can be treated and just how much that we don't really think about it in our day-to-day lives here in normal world where it wasn't really one of our focuses beforehand. And just to kind of hear how hard it is for groups to make some changes and you and just listening to some of the struggles that you've had to deal with when it comes to community cats It just kind of tugs at the heartstrings a little bit sometimes, and it makes me appreciate the little kitty pet that I do have. Yes, yes. Right after you started working with us, you adopted a cat. I did, yes. I went to the local Humane Society, and we got ourselves a little kitty that was just a couple years old. So That's great. Yeah. That's great. So is there anything else you'd like to add and share with our listeners about what it's like being on the Community Cats podcast team? 
overall, I think it's just been such a pleasure. We just work well together. It's just nice to have such a cohesive group. It's just made me more aware of what's happening in my local community and the different measures. Sometimes, you know, you let that stuff filter through when you're hearing about different fundraisers. You hear about fundraisers from every single group in the entire world. And now it seems like when I hear something coming from our local animal shelter or something from a feral organization, like down in a larger community, it kind of makes me think, oh, well, I actually know what that is. And let's see what it is. Let's see if I can help. Kind of just has brought more of an awareness, like overall, how hard it is for them to get done what they get done with being understaffed and underfunded. And I just know that sometimes our local animal shelter can face a lot of criticism. So it's enlightened me on some of the aspects that maybe it's a little too easy to judge sometimes. Well, and it's interesting because one of the reasons why I started this show was to try and be able to get myself in the main podcasting marketplace so that folks that might not be so aware about what's going on with community cats might be able to learn. And it sounds like you may have been one of those folks. You weren't already volunteering aggressively at a local shelter and you weren't thinking about community cats to the degree that I certainly had the knowledge of of 20 years of working in the industry. And so it's good to have you on the team because you're like, you know, hey, people don't know this stuff where I think everybody should know this stuff already. Right. Yeah. And I've been able to kind of share with friends some of the things that I do with you guys. And and yeah, it's more than just working virtually for someone. It's kind of more of a a project now to kind of make sure that things are are seen in a different light. So that everybody, all different eyes and ears are going to see it. And I had gone to a marketing conference and I had spoken to a couple of people about community cats and they're like, really, there's a problem with them? I had no idea, you know? So it does bring it back to center, so to speak, where we're really trying to reach out to folks that are in the trenches, but as well as trying to find new folks so that we can bring them in and have more people helping community cats. Right. Just more of that awareness. Well, Jamie, again, I want to say happy anniversary and thank you so much for all that you've done for the Community Cats podcast. I look forward to working with you next year. I can't believe we're at episode 198. I know, it's crazy. (laughs) And so uh, (laughs) next year will be uh, equally as exciting. And um, thank you so much for participating in the show. Thank you. So now I'd like to introduce Anna Domings. Anna, what do you do for the Community Cats podcast? I mostly write the summaries, the episode summaries for the website, and I do some audio editing. And I want to say happy anniversary to you. I want to make sure I share that with everybody on the team that we are <laughs> we are now, if you can believe, this is episode 198. And oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, wow. so how many summaries have you written? <laughs> oh, God. I could tell you if I had my Evernote open, but probably like probably a good like 50 of them, I would say, maybe more. Yeah, yeah. So over the past year, what have been the highlights of working on the Community Cats podcast? Well, I started it as just a way to make money, but I was really surprised by how often the knowledge I've gathered from the podcast has come up in conversation, like really surprised. (laughs) And it's not even just about cats, but it's also about like, oh, well, I work for this podcast and I do this work for them and this is what I do. And, but also the other thing is that 
a couple days ago on Facebook, a friend of mine wrote something about a stray cat that she had been seeing around Boston. And she was like, oh, I want to like take it inside. Is that okay? And I wrote, I was like, hmm, have you checked with any of the TNR groups? You should check to see if it has an ear tip. This is what an ear tip looks like. And so it's been actually really amazing to have that knowledge and to, to actually help people. The other thing too, is that I currently am living in the Berkshires part of Massachusetts, because that's where I go to school. And I remember on one of the episodes, Stacey, I think you said that the Berkshires is still a place in Massachusetts where there are a lot of community cats. And that was something that I hadn't even known. But recently I've started to see some cats around my yard and I haven't seen them close up enough to see if they have an ear tip, but I've been thinking of going around to my neighbors and asking do you own these cats? Do you know what's the story with them? It's been interesting to actually be part of that conversation. Right. And now you see those cats and you know that there are options for them. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially because I know we were emailing back and forth about the Dakin Animal Shelter, which has an incredible program like TNR and then also an animal food bank for poor families, which there are a lot of in the Berkshires. So once I graduate, I think I'm going to start to ask around about the cats. Sounds great. Yep. And the Berkshire Humane Society and a group called Animal Dreams work in the Berkshire area. So. Oh, perfect. Okay. Yep. Stacy Carver. Okay. Okay. So what have your greatest challenges been working on the show? Honestly, uh, you sent this, this question to me earlier and I couldn't think of any because it's just a really easy job and I learn a lot. My biggest challenge when I first started working like around August or September, when I started doing the audio recordings, that was really difficult for me to do because it took up a lot of time. And so I had to schedule time with my schoolwork and also with that, but also making sure that it was a good enough quality for Kristen to work with because, you know, I'm not a professional and she is. But for the most part, it's been like a really easy, great job that I've learned a lot from. That's great. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? I think that people who listen to this podcast who have people who don't necessarily who aren't interested in animal shelters like I think they should still recommend this podcast to people if they're like oh I'm kind of bored I have all my podcasts and I want something new to listen to you should definitely still recommend it to them because I know at least Rachel your daughter she was telling me about some people at school who listen to it, who aren't in the animal sheltering world at all, but still listen to it and still find it really interesting. So definitely to not think of it as just a niche podcast and think of it as something for everyone to enjoy. That's great. Well, Anna, happy one year anniversary again. And I look forward to working with you next year once you do graduate and you finish your thesis and all that stuff. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And thank you for being part of the Community Cats podcast team, and um, we'll be in touch. Okay, sounds great. I want to hear from you what the Community Cats podcast means to you. You can now leave a recorded testimonial on the Community Cats podcast website and share your thoughts about the show. You can also ask questions, share show ideas, pretty much anything you want. Just go to www.communitycatspodcast.com and click on the testimonial link and record. You hear from me all of the time, and now I want to hear from you. Thank you. Are you new to the Community Cats podcast? Don't know what to listen to first? Feel free to check out the listening module tab where we have grouped shows together by topic so you can listen to a bunch of shows around the same topic. 
just click on the listening module tab at www.communitycatspodcast.com and enjoy learning about community cats. So now I'd like to introduce Danny Osment. Danny, what do you do for the Community Cats podcast? Well, I guess you'd call me the audio engineer, editor. I basically take all the audio that you record for your interviews and your promos and intros and outros and all that type of stuff. And then I, first of all, edit it a little bit to make everybody sound better, basically. I do some clarification edits and take out ums and you knows <laughs> and and when cats attack the microphone or I th- what was what was one of the weirdest things? I've had a smoke alarm go off. Yeah, smoke alarm, some noisy things. Like I can always tell when you're interviewing someone in uh, New York City or something like that because you'll hear sirens going by. So I get rid of that stuff. And then I do what we call mixing, which is balance everything out so that you and the guest sound about the same. Equalization, EQ, if you've ever heard that, I do that. Compress things, make everything sound better. And then I put everything in the right order for the episode. And then I also do something called mastering, which basically makes sure that no matter where anybody listens to it, it's going to sound great. So if they're listening to it, walking down the street in New York City on earbuds, it sounds good. If they're in their car, it sounds good. If they're on the subway, if they're in Vermont, in the country, it will all sound good and it'll all sound the same. Yeah. You do a fantastic job. Um, Thank you. I have recorded some shows where I'm like with Kristen, I'll say, I don't know if we can do this and magic comes out the other side. So thank you for that. Yeah. I have lots of wizardry (laughs) tools here called plugins where I can get rid of most noises there. There hasn't been anything yet that I've had to just say, you need to re-record this. It's impressive. That's why I'm here. So, um, overworking with us over the last year, what have been the highlights? I've had cats since gosh, since I was probably seven years old, right? Always house cats. I really had no clue what community cats were. I mean, I knew what feral cats were because the first three cats I ever owned were kittens from a feral cat. And I remember the lady that had this cat had to bring the cat in a box with the three kittens and we put them in our bathroom for her to wean them. And then my dad had to go in there with multiple layers and try to get this feral cat out of the house eventually to take it back to where it was living. And yeah, I remember he had to go to the doctor and get rabies shots just in case and things like that. So I knew they existed, but I never knew about the idea of of a community cat. And I'd heard about other populations of animals in this country, like feral pigs and things like that, that people were trying to control, but I hadn't thought about cats that way. And so it's been really interesting to learn about that. And I've actually been able to have some very interesting conversations (laughs) with people about community cats. And people ask me what I do. And besides working on a lot of podcasts, I'm a podcaster myself. And most of the work I do in in music production is with acapella. So if you know groups like Pentatonix and things like that, that you may have seen on TV or the movies Pitch Perfect, that's a lot of what I do. So when they ask about the podcast, I say, oh, I work on this podcast and there's some business podcasts and lots of stuff for entrepreneurs. Oh, and then I work on this cat podcast. (laughs) And that's the one that people always want to hear about because it's it's so interesting that there's a cat podcast that people would listen to three times. It used to be five times a week, but three times a week. So they're fascinated. Yeah. It's been quite interesting to hear 
various people talk about, you know, how we're sharing information just in our own communities, in our own, you know, backyards about community cats. So everybody on the team has learned a lot over the last year or so. Have there been any challenges for you over the course of the last year? Uh, I would say the one challenge, and it's mostly because it's my job as the audio engineer, is dealing with all of the different qualities of audio that come in from all the interviews. Because sometimes you're on Skype, sometimes you're recording cell phones, and like that bump you just did to your microphone there, I'll edit that out of this. (laughs) Uh, The quality is very different, and so it's always a challenge to try and find a way to make people sound great. And I do know if you if you listen to this episode and you want to be a future guest on this podcast, I do know that Stacy and the other staff, Kristen, they do have some microphones, USB microphones that they can send to you for free to use on Skype when you do your interview, which would make you sound lovely. That's been the main challenge is it's it's three times a week and I never know what the guest is going to sound like because Skype is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> And the reason I sound so good is because I'm actually recording this in my studio on my own microphone, and then I'm going to sew everything back together when I get all the audio for this episode. Right. So when we hear you, this is what it could be if we were all Mm -hmm. following certain parameters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the the dream sound quality that we all Mm -hmm. aspire to get to. So is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today while we're celebrating 198 episodes? That's amazing. And congratulations on that. That's a number that most podcasters take years to get to. I'm doing a weekly show about acapella. And I think it'll be sometime in late 2018 before I get to that number. So congratulations on that. And and I look forward to the next 200. Would you share with us what the podcast is that you run, the name of it? It's called Recording Acapella with me. That's great. My uh, daughter's been involved with an acapella group at Eckerd College down in Florida. So uh, she loves singing and music. And then my son is the one who got me into podcasting. My 13-year-old son is the one who got me set up with mics and all that other stuff because he plays the guitar. So he's he records his electric guitar and stuff down, down in the dungeon. <laughs> Yeah, college acapella is my bread and butter. That's how I started my career mostly. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Mm -hmm. See, we all learn something new every day. So Danny, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. And I do look forward to working with you for another year. Thank you, Stacey. So now I'd like to introduce uh, Lisa Finkel. Lisa, welcome to the show and happy first anniversary. Woohoo! I, I wish I had a cake and a candle. <laughs> so what do you do for the Community Cats podcast? Well, first, as pro- people know, if they listen, I do get to host the Ask Stacy show when we do that every month or so, which is one of my highlights. I always get a chance to chat and learn from you, which is terrific. And uh, in the beginning, I wrote quite a few of the podcast summaries that appear on the website and help people get a sense of what today's topic is. I don't do as much of that anymore, but I still get involved in doing them. Over the course of the last year, what have been the highlights? Well, first, just finding out that you were starting the podcast. I love people with creative original ideas, as you know, and I thought the idea was so cool and relevant and really inspiring that I said, 
those magic words that I have always promised myself I would never say to you again, Stacy, let me know if I can help. <laughs> because I know once those words leave my lips, I will be doing something. <laughs> but it turned out to be such a great thing to be involved with. The second, I guess, is just that virtual meeting of all the different people you've interviewed and learning so much about the talents and passions it takes to make the world a better place for cats. For example, I just didn't know as much about TNR as I did about other topics. And boy, I, you know, I really feel now that I can talk about it in a very knowledgeable way. And I think that's because I just listened to so many experts who have shared their knowledge with you. And I especially like the way you branched out and had experts talk about all the many other aspects of you know, assisting the feline ecosystem, as I call it, all the different things that need to be done. Of course, taping each of the uh, Stacey shows with you is a highlight. But finally, I have to say, you're turning me on to the kitten lady. <laughs> Changed my life. I follow her faithfully on Facebook and Instagram. And when I went to cat camp in New York, I had an opportunity to take a selfie with her, which was like, you know, that's my bucket list. That lets you know what kind of person I am. Okay. I feel like I'm stalking her almost. But in addition to having stinking cute pictures and videos of kittens, she's done an amazing job developing and documenting best practices for rescuing orphan kittens. And her videos and her brochure and her tools are really well done. She has a fabulous sense of branding and marketing, something you know I admire. And when I asked her who did all her branding and helped her create the look and feel and the font and the colors of all of her stuff, she said she did it herself. That was to me just a wow because it's really good stuff. So that's some of the highlights. I know, I mean, it's it's been a wild ride. And, I, you know, there are other people you've introduced me to who I follow now as well, but I'm kind of a sucker for kittens. Yeah. Well, I think we all are. And Hannah Shaw does a fantastic job. Little did I know when I first interviewed her that she really is the kitten lady with a capital T, capital H and a capital E. She really is doing some amazing, amazing work and look forward to having her on the show again. You should make sure you see the story about the kitten that she and Andrew found at Machu Picchu. Mm. They found a way to bring this kitten all the way back to the U.S. So she's not just the kitten lady. She's Senorita Gatita. <laughs> so, Lisa, what have been the greatest challenges over the last year? The biggest challenge has just been keeping up with you, basically. <laughs> In the early days when I was writing all the podcast summaries, I was listening to three podcasts a day. And I wasn't just listening. I was transcribing them as I listened to them so I could find just the right quote and the right words to summarize each podcast in a way that would be interesting to your listeners. You know, I got better doing that as I went along, but that was a couple of hours every day in front of my computer, listening to the files that you'd posted and making sure that I got them done on time for you to be able to, in the beginning, I thought you were a little nuts when you said you're going to start with five days a week, but by golly, you did it. And just trying to keep up with that was by far my biggest challenge. My biggest challenge also is to try to shut up while you're talking during the Ask Stacy segment. <laughs> because I'm a better talker than I am a listener. Well, those shows are a lot of fun. They're great fun to do. And it's just, it's a nice way to be able to share with our listeners some of the things that are rattling around in our heads 
while we're learning so much. I can't even imagine the, the amount of information that I've learned over the last year with all the different interviews. It's just been a real treat to have so many people willing to come on the show, willing to share what they know and what they have learned and what they have done with others. And what was a sort of a simple thing where I was like, well, I have these great phone calls with people. I wish I could record them and share them turned into this podcast. Amazing. Again, taking advantage of the technology and the you know, rising interest of people in podcasts. It was a very inspiring and creative idea. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today, Lisa? There are just so many different ways for people to get involved to help cats, both owned cats and community cats. You don't have to be rich. You know, you don't have to have deep pockets. You don't have to be multi-talented. All you really need to do is care and have passion. I work with and support a number of different organizations that help cats, and I help them all in different capacities, but it's the most gratifying work I do. Sometimes it just is cleaning a cage so that you can put another cat on the adoption floor becomes as rewarding an experience as you want to have. More often than not, we're not just helping cats, we're helping people. We're helping the people who have issues with a large and reproducing cat colony in their community that they're concerned about. Uh, We're helping the people who have concerns about wildlife issues. We're helping people who can't afford a vet spay-neuter for their cat. We're helping cats, but we're helping people. And that let's smash that crazy cat lady myth by saying we're not cat ladies. We love all beings and we're making a difference for them. What a wonderful way to end our first year anniversary show. So Lisa, thank you for those closing thoughts. And thank you so much for being part of the Community Cats podcast. And I would like to thank all of our listeners for tuning into the show, for sharing information about the show with your friends and sharing your thoughts, ideas, please feel free to email me at stacy at communitycatspodcast.com. If you ever have any ideas, thoughts, concerns, just share them with me. This show is for you. It's for the listeners. And so I'm here for you. I look forward to serving you again for another year. Thanks again. The Community Cats podcast will soon be a year old with over 200 episodes profiling amazing people who are all making a difference in the lives of community cats. If you would like to support the show but not be a sponsor, feel free to contribute to our efforts by going to www.communitycatspodcast.com and follow the donate link. Help us to continue to provide excellent programming.